All right. Hey, hey, it is Brian Winter with Forever 11. And today we are here to wrap up a six part series that we've been calling The Art of Good Storytelling. Um, and I'm going to wait for my buddy David to hop online here and join us. Um, but in the meantime, let me just give you a quick rundown of where we've been. Um, when we first started this series, we kind of gave an overview of good storytelling. And this is not just good storytelling as it relates to art, but it's good storytelling just in general. If you think of books, movies, so forth, we gave a little bit of an overview and then we did individual uh, sessions talking about plot, setting, characters. Last week was point of view. And now we're in our final session where we're going to be talking about something called conflict. And I can see that uh, David is on with us. I think I need to turn his mic on here, though. So let me give me a hot second. All right. Okay. All right. David, are you there? All right. Well, well, we're working on getting David on here. Um, I'm going to start in and say that when we talk about conflict, there are actually uh, four types of conflict, if you will. And these four types are, um, well, I'll just list them, right? So we got character versus, versus self, character versus character, and character versus nature. And finally is character versus society. And what we're going to do is we're going to kind of go through these and we're going to start to break them down. Okay. Um, let's see. I am, hang on one second, folks. I'm trying to get uh, my, let's see, ah, there we go. Okay, David, I've let you into the room. You should be with us now. <laughs> yeah, I can hear you loud and you clear. Gotta love, you got to love Twitter. Uh, well, X faces, you know, for their. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. I was like, oh, man, I'm like, we were just talking about this last week. They moved uh, buttons around on me and I was like, all right, um, they did it again this week. But hey, we figured it out. At least we can uh, roll up the punches here, you know. Exactly. Let's run. All right. So I just introduced um, the four types of conflict that we have. And the first one that I mentioned was character versus self. And this is when our main character, which we've been referring to as a protagonist, if you caught our episode on characters a week back, um, when our protagonist is having an internal conflict with, I guess you could say themselves, to overcome a personal battle or achieve a personal goal. And, um, you know, David, we still got art rolling in. And I've seen a couple examples of this where some of our artists have been like, hey, I'm really excited about this project, but, you know, I got to be honest, like, I'm a little bit nervous, too, because, you know, when you put your work out there, uh, you don't know how it's going to go, right? Um, I mean, you know, you could be Jason Aldean uh, releasing a song, and you don't know how the world's going to react, you know? <laughs> but um, 
but but our artists are taking some risks here, so I can definitely see them um, identifying with this kind of this kind of conflict here. I, I, I definitely agree. I definitely agree, and it's it's arguably you know one of the most uh, you know for me it's probably a top two element of storytelling um, because then if not we're just we're just kind of talking you know mm-hmm. there's got to be some sort of of, of uh, I guess uh, relevant point as to what it is that we're getting from the discussion in order to turn that over into either, you know, an anecdote or a lesson or something comical. So conflict, very important. Yeah. And, you know, I just thought of a, actually a, a real life story um, that uh, Susan, who's also on with us, uh, Susan is my wife and co-founder of forever 11 here. And we were just talking about this last night. This is a story about our son. And actually I'm coming live with you guys today from Oakland Community College here in Michigan, and that's uh, where my my son is finishing up his welding program here, and that's what he's doing. He's working on this trailer right now that he he assembled from basically nothing, right? And a, a week ago, he just came home and is like, you know, I just want to be done with this stupid trailer. I'm tired of working on it. It's way over budget. You know, I wish I had just done something simpler, something easier, something blah 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 blah. And, you know, Susan really had to kind of explain to him, he's 19, so he's still kind of like learning a lot of the stuff that, you know, every major project that people take on, they usually, it's very common, get to that point when they get to the end. And it's usually right about the 90% mark where you're, 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 you're tired. You just want it to be done. You're already maybe thinking or dreaming about what the next project's going to be. And you, and you just want to move on to that. And and I got to believe the same is true in some cases for artists. And so um, in my son's world, that would be a really good example of a conflict character versus self, which was, he just had to overcome this just stress and overwhelm to, come up with that final push to get through the last 10% of the project. Yep. Absolutely. I love yeah. that. I love that version of that. But all right, let's move on. Um, next is character versus character. So now this conflict is coming not from inside the, the main character or the protagonist, but they're actually battling another person. So this is like the classic, like good guy versus bad guy. This is like, you know, Clearly, we have our protagonist in Luke Skywalker, and clearly we have our antagonist in Darth Vader, right? And the two are in battle. Each one is standing within the other's way to whatever their, you know, goals or quest, you know, may be. And so in this case, for our artists, it, it could be... Um, maybe somebody in your personal realm or sphere that is is getting in your way you know from you being able to uh, accomplish your goals um so if you can identify with that and you you know there's like oh man there's this one person they keep raining on my parade or doing something that is stopping me then that would be a good character versus character uh, example of conflict yeah arguably i would say it's the most common uh scenario of conflict as well yeah yeah. All right. So now these next ones we uh, are going to move on to. We have two more. Um, they start to get a little bit more nebulous. So the next one is character versus nature. So when we say nature, we're thinking 
you know, maybe like Mother Nature, like, uh, you know, it could be a storm, a hurricane, uh, you know, you're stranded at sea or, you know, whatever. The pearl, John Steinbeck. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but, you know, it could also be something like uh, maybe health or illness. Um, even in my research, I found some examples of romance, right? The classic love triangle kind of type story. Th- those would all be examples of that's interesting so that would be a a sort of subsect of of character versus character but it's really uh heart versus heart because it's emotion which would tie to nature yeah exactly so it like in this case like it 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 definitely involves like character versus character but you know unless unless you're dealing with a truly like evil person which that really stinks if you're, you know, falling for somebody that's just pure evil. <laughs> but let's assume that's not the case. You know, in a lot of love triangle stories, it's not the the it, it's usually not the intention of any one of the characters to intentionally cause pain or harm. It's just this awkward, you know, uh, one object of the affection and and two suitors. Typically speaking, I I would say is kind of the classic example. And the, you know, object of of affection is not probably desiring to hurt either suitor. It's just like, man, like this stinks that fate has brought two people interested in, you know, the the same person at the the same time. And that's why I think they're classifying that kind of like as like nature. Like it's not that anyone's acting badly. It's just really unfortunate, I think. Right, right, right. What about, what about time? So character versus time. Oh, yeah. Example would be, say, Interstellar with, you know, Matthew Mm -hmm. McConaughey. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's right. Yeah, that's, that's totally amazing. And, and, you know, and I think that could even be an extension of the, you know, health or in illness, you know, um, like when we talk about, you know, somebody facing, um, you know, an illness that they know is maybe likely going to take their uh, life prematurely or too young or, you know, whatever. And it's just like, gosh, how do we, how do we maximize, you know, the, the, the time that we have together, you know, when you just know, like time, the time right. is ticking, right. Clock is ticking. Mm-hmm. Which is, which is really for everyone. It's just really just puts it in perspective when, you know, if there's a, a glaring health issue, but at the end of the day, when we arrive, our clock's already ticking. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right now it is literally ticking for all of us. It's just, if you're not, it, if you're not thinking like that, then you're, you're just not aware. Right. So exactly, yeah, exactly. yeah, take advantage of it. Yeah. Well, then our last one today is uh, character versus society. And so this is if we're if our protagonist is battling some sort of like perceived or maybe rather overt, like oppressive societal norm, you know. So, I mean, classic, you know, examples is, you know, we could rewind the clock, you know, 50, 50, 60 years and, you know, look at um the, the the ugly side of uh just segregation and so forth in in well not only in the united states but in other countries um like south africa and so forth and say man like that you know in, in a story like that that is a character versus like an entire society like the way a massive amount of people think you know or feel um but 
there's lots of other ways. I mean, that, that's that's a pretty uh, well, actually, no pun intended, but as a black and white um, example, meaning meaning that like it's it's very overt and like we we know it's we know it's going on, but you know, there's that comes in a lot of other versions that are probably you know far more subtle. You know, we've seen uh, uh, women over time battle the stigma of oh, you should be uh, at home taking with the, taking care of the children, or you know, we see it in um, you know equality in the workplace and so forth. So there's 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 all sorts of different versions of that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You got my wheels thinking. Uh, definitely would uh, want to expand on some of those things, but I mean, it, it's one of the most interesting uh, examples. Um, yeah, I've got like several in my head that are that are, that are cinematic. Of course, this is really where my brain first goes to. But it's interesting to see, you know, how how those things play out when when that is the most prominent. Uh, example in the storyline is, is the you know the environment or a group setting or a, a, something dealing with society um a workforce issue you know where it's still isolated but it still outnumbers the main character mm-hmm. uh, very 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 relative example to, to generally everyone. you know i just thought of this example and this is actually really kind of cool and i think it's very like apropos of why we're even doing uh this podcast and that is um, you know, there there are many forms of art, and I look at writers, for instance, that write for movies or television shows, or actors as well that perform in them, and mus- musical artists and so forth. All of these types of artists have been fortunate enough, for the most part, to be able to operate in realms where, yes, they can get compensated for the creation of their works in present day, but there's also mechanisms for royalties so that those great works they've created could go on and on and continue to provide a future income. So like if you, um, you know, write a song, you don't just sell the song and like, well, okay, well, I guess, uh, you know, I sold the song, so I'm done. Um, you have the option of you can perform live in concerts. That could be a form of income. But also if your song is being played, uh, maybe on the radio or used in a movie or something like that, there's other ways you can get compensated for that work that you did a while back. And here we are with visual artists that for the most part, they've always kind of lacked that because once that art has sold, you know, yeah, it might exchange hands from, um, you know, seller or, you know, from collector to collector kind of thing, but they've largely been left out of that process until now enter the world of NFTs. Now we have a mechanism. We have a platform for which artists can publish their art. It's not perfect. There, there are some imperfections, but those per- imperfections are being worked out and it is getting better. But the goal and the future uh, outlook for NFTs, I think, is very bright for artists such that they can sell digital or digitized versions of their art and then have now a built-in mechanism. So as that art changes hands from collector to collector to collector, they can still get a piece of that transaction in the form of a royalty that comes right back to them. And that 
I think is just amazing. And I think it's an awesome example of how our artist as the character is now has a mechanism to take on this conflict of quote unquote society, which is the collectors of the art world. Um, Not that they're bad guys per se, but just that they were up against this faceless enemy um, until now, until NFTs have entered the space and, and maybe given them a way to overcome this. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. I, I think the, the, the possibilities are endless. It's really game-changing. And it's, it's part of the process that we're, we're committed to, which is really just education. You know, it's not so apparent to traditional artists or any, you know, really any artist that hasn't explored Web3 and, and digital, digital transactions. Um, but it, it, it's, it's part of a reason as to why it is, a, a main significant reason as to why, you know, Forever 11 is existing and what it's trying to do to empower the current artistic industry and the community to let them know what this means for, for their craft. Yeah. And how, more importantly, it's, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop there. For me, more importantly, it's about bringing sustainability to the, to the business model um, and bringing uh, sustainability to the time and the effort that they're putting within their craft. Because if you're going to survive in this, no matter how, it's, it's an interesting word to use, just, you know, considering how new, this entire space is but if you're going to survive in it and, and you're going to take advantage and leverage the technology and the model for the next five to ten years you've also got to understand there are some fundamental aspects to carry over from from web two. Oh yeah and at the end of the day you got to build a brand you've got to build a community and you've got to be able to, to, to t- take what it is that you're doing and putting putting it out there for the world but giving it that sense of purpose and substance that is internalized with you and figuring out how to put it out there. That way that, that, that bridge is, you know, the gap is, is no longer there between community uh, collector. And then of course, you know, the artists themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What you're talking about, David is you're, you're really kind of saying, Hey, look, if you're an artist and you want your artistry and your artwork to be able to put food on your table, you really need to look at that as basically like a business, like Meaning, you yes, you have to be able to create a good product. That piece, I think, is easy for artists to focus on. But from there, you need to be able to market that. And you need to be able to uh, uh, plan ahead. You need to be able to finance future pro- projects. You need to be able to uh, communicate, you know, almost like, like public relations and customer service and just, like, have a connection with um, your uh, – your, your niche or your market that is going to be interested in your art. So, you know, it, it's like you, you can't just be myopic and focus on one thing think and think that you're going to get away with, uh, you know, just just creating good art. You got to be able to do all the parts. And that is that. And frankly, David, that's why you and I are sitting here talking about uh, storytelling today, because we we knew we recognized that helping artists be able to tell good stories about both themselves and their art is really going to help increase the appeal and the demand for their art. It's the same reason we've said it before, but it's the same reason why when you watch the Olympics, it's summer or winter. It's, it's not just about the athletics. It's why when you watch the primetime coverage, they go 
and they tell the backstory of some of the, you know, more prominent athletes because they know if you feel kind of a personal connection with some of those athletes, then you're not just rooting for your country. You're rooting for that person. And that's how they've taken it from just being merely an athletic spectacle to now it's now it's a broader form of entertainment because you're you know identifying with the protagonist in this case the athlete and 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 rooting alongside them and then when they win you feel like you win and that feeling is such a good feeling you come back the next night to watch again so it, it's just a great example of how yep. they're using yep. storytelling absolutely i couldn't agree 100 yeah. yeah. and and that's what we want for our artists here so um Come join us at forever11.com and you'll be able to learn uh, about storytelling with our six-part series here and much, much more about how to build your brand, represent yourself, and, you know, get your art in a place where people can enjoy it and it can benefit you and your family and, and really work towards your overall legacy, which I think is really what our, most artists are looking for. Absolutely. Awesome. Well, David, thank you as always so much for your time today. This has been great. This has been a fun six part series and I'm excited for the next part of the journey coming ahead. Absolutely. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Uh, already got some stuff on top of my mind that I know uh, I want to discuss with you. Awesome. So awesome. Everybody continue staying here. Excellent. All right. Take care y'all. Take care. Bye-bye.